When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dave here from Vikings First and Skull, and this is your Vikings Daily Opener for June 12th, 2023. The Minnesota Vikings are just 90 days away from the opener on this June 12th of 2023. As we get ready for the start of the season, let's take a look at some of the players who have worn number 90 for the Vikings and made an impact on the team. Derek Alexander is probably the most well-known of those players. He played from 95 to 98, and his performance during this time was crucial for the Vikings' defense. He helped lead the team to two NFC Central Division titles. During his time with the team, he was a dominant force, recording 112 tackles, 22 and a half sacks, and five forced fumbles. His performance during the time was critical to the Vikings' success. You got to remember, this was Denny Green, all offense and no defense. He was one of the keys on the defense that made that part at least functional and working as he helped lead the team to two NFC Central Division titles. Alexander was a defensive end who played in all 64 games during his four-year stint with the team. He was known for his speed, agility, and quickness off the ball. You want that in a defensive end, which allowed him to get in the backfield and disrupt plays. He also was a tenacious tackler, often bringing down ball carriers with a powerful hit. One of Alexander's most memorable performances with the Vikings came in the 1998 divisional game against the Arizona Cardinals. In this game, he recorded two sacks and a forced fumble, helping the Vikings to a 41-21 victory. Alexander's contributions to the Vikings' defense during this time cannot be overstated. He was a key player and one of the most dominant defenses in the NFL during the mid-90s. I question that, but he was a good key to that defense, and that defense was needed. And his legacy continues to live on in the hearts of Vikings fans everywhere. Other players to wear the number 90 are Fred Evans, who played from 2007 to 2013. Evans was a defensive tackle who played in 85 games during his time with the Vikings. He recorded 96 tackles, six sacks, and two forced fumbles. Evans' performance during his tenure as the Vikings was critical to the defense, especially in 2009, where he played a significant role in the team's run-up 
to the NFC Championship game. To add to the list of players that have worn 90, names like Robert Harris, Gabe Northern, and Sheldon Richardson have all played for the Vikings, Richardson being the best of that bunch and most recent memorable tackle to play, and one that Mike Zimmer loved. Presently, Aceze currently wears the 90 for the Vikings. He is a backup defensive lineman and hopefully takes another step this year and will become the first defensive lineman to make the number 90 great. Well, that was our trip down memory lane. Now on for some news that happened over the weekend. Over on Vikings Wire, our very own Tyler Fornis opens up his emails for a Vikings pre-minicamp mailbag. In this, he reports that the Minnesota Vikings have been making headlines recently due to some significant changes in their team, including the release of Dalvin Cook, trade rumors about Daniil Hunter, and Jordan Addison sitting out of practice. In this recent mailbag, fans had the opportunity to pose questions about the team, including the chances of undrafted free agent Will Huber making the team, snap shares in the secondary, and whether the Vikings should pursue a trade for Chase Young. Corbin K. Smith asked, what are the chances of Will Huber making the football team? Tyler's response regarding the chances of Will Huber making the team is noted that although he has a bias in favor due to being coached in a high school by the host of Locked On Seahawks, Corbin Smith, he has picked a place with an easy path of making the team, i.e. Huber and the Vikings. After Brian Asamoah and Jordan Hicks, there are two spots that could realistically go to a UDFA with a great camp. Troy Dye and Troy Reeder don't have a secure spot on the roster, and a really solid camp will open up some eyes and possibly give Will Huber that chance. The next question came from Zach Hogan. Hope I pronounced that right. How do you see the secondary snaps playing out for the Vikings when healthy? Question. Does Blackman crack the rotation with the 2022 rookies on the outside and Murphy in the slot? How do roles break out after Harrison Smith between Seen, Bynum, Metellus, and Ward? Well, actually, that was three questions there, Zach. Tyler responds, when it comes to the snap share in the secondary It delves into different roles of the players, with Byron Murphy Jr. and Harrison Smith expected to see heavy usage. However, after that, things get a little murky. The cornerback position is particularly interesting, as only Murphy has carved out a role. Andrew Booth Jr., Makai Blackman, Joe Juan Williams, and Caleb Evans are all going to be competing for snaps. It remains to be seen how all this will shape up but it'll be a fun battle to watch. And the final question was, should the Vikings kick the tires on Chase Young? This was by Grizzly Savage. Regarding the question of whether the Vikings should pursue a trade of Chase Young or not, Tyler notes that the team should make at least one call about any player who could be available. 
Young was seen as a can't-miss prospect on the same level as the Bosa brothers and Miles Garrett when he was selected second overall in the 2020 NFL Draft. Young had a torn ACL in 2021 that also hindered him in 2022. With that, though, however, Young has a chip on his shoulder going into 2023, especially with his fifth-year option being declined. The talent is there, but the injury clouds things until we can see him back on the field. Thanks for answering those questions, Tyler. Tyler was at it again, this time with the NFC North Roundtable. All the wire network teams from the NFC North. Their topic was the rookie with the biggest impact in 2023. The NFC North Division teams are gearing up for the 2023 NFL season. According to the roundtable discussion, there are several rookies expected to have significant impact on their respective teams. Darnell Wright, the 10th overall pick for the Chicago Bears, is expected to start immediately at right tackle, providing a much-needed protection for Justin Fields. West, of course, he's up against Daniil Hunter. In Detroit, Jack Campbell, the Lions' second first-round pick, is projected to start in the middle of the base 4-2-5 defense and should be on the field for a significant amount of time, leading the team in tackles as a rookie. The Green Bay Packers' Luke Musgrave, a talented tight end, is expected to be their top pass-catching option in the new-look offense and may play starter snaps right away. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, the Vikings seem to have some big plans for Makai Blackman. At least Tyler thinks so. Who knows? He is known for his versatility and may be utilized in the slot due to the frame and defensive coordinator Brian Flores' love for utilizing blitzing players everywhere on the field. Although Blackman is only a third-round pick, the Vikings seem to have high hopes for him this season. Our next topic for discussion originated over at PFF. And Savion Mixon at Vikings Wire wrote about it. Could 2024 be Kirk Cousins' last season in Minnesota? The Minnesota Vikings are facing a pivotal year when it comes to both the future of the organization and their quarterback situation. Kirk Cousins is going into a contract year in 2023 and is one of the more notable names going into that year. According to a recent article by PFF, 2024 seems to be when it would make the most sense to come off the Cousins contract. Trading or cutting Cousins in 2024, that is assuming he gets a, an extension between now and then to cover 2024, would be an advantageous option for the Vikings. While quarterbacks are playing closer to the age of 40, some analysts are concerned about Cousins' potential longevity. Quarterbacks like Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers, who won in similar ways that Cousins does, fell off the cliff so quickly as they aged. The Vikings' front office will have to keep a close eye on Cousins this year as the team builds itself into a competitor. This sounds exactly like what I talked about probably a month or two ago when I did the research that shows most quarterbacks start to fall off that cliff 
right around the age of 35. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are the exception. Next, Judd Zolgad writes over at Vikings Wire, The Vikings' decision to clean house when it comes to veterans makes perfect sense. The Minnesota Vikings' decision to part way with several veterans from their 2022 roster has been met with confusion by some fans. However, Judd Zolgad argues that it is a wise move to get rid of aging players who are no longer productive. The Vikings' 13 victories last season was a pleasant surprise, but eight fourth-quarter comebacks included in the mix meant that the win total was unlikely to be repeated in Kevin O'Connell's second season as a coach. The reaction to these moves, according to Zolgad, make little sense. While some household names are gone, the loss of players like Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen is not going to make the Vikings' offense worse. It should actually be better entering the second season with O'Connell calling the plays. And the defense almost certainly will be improved with Brian Flores replacing Ed Donatel. The only player who could be considered a real loss is Dalvin Tomlinson. Cleveland's decision to give him a four-year, $57 million free agent deal made him too expensive for the Vikings. However, Daniil Hunter would be a more difficult to replace than any of the other departures. Hunter's contract situation still needs to be resolved, but he is coming off a 10.5 sack season and justified in seeking a new deal. Hunter is currently scheduled to make only $5.5 million, up to that mark, in the final year of his contract. It is wise to get rid of aging veterans who are no longer productive, according to Zolgad. Loyalty in the NFL is great when it comes to embracing the team's alumni, but keeping aging players on the roster because they were once productive is a recipe for termination. It is surprising that Vikings general manager Kwesi Adolfo Mensa didn't make more changes last year. And given the moves he's making now, it's possible that the directive to run it back came from ownership, as we all suspect. Running it back often has poor results, and the Vikings tried to do it in 2010 after falling one win shy of the Super Bowl, which ended disastrously. If O'Connell really wanted to keep the guys like Cook and Thielen, he would have told Adolfo Mensa to find a way to do so. But both had contracts they could no longer live up to. Thielen is likely to be replaced by first-round pick Jordan Addison, and Cook's replacement is expected to include a committee that will be led by Alexander Madison. Cook's scheduled salary cap hip hit of $14.1 million for 2023 would have been the third highest amongst NFL running backs. That makes zero sense when you consider how O'Connell wants to run his offense and the fact that the bell cow running back isn't a priority. Judd summarizes, while some may be confused by the Vikings' decisions to release several veterans, it's a wise move to get rid of these aging players who are no longer productive. The Vikings are looking to build a more competitive and successful team. That requires making tough personnel decisions. 
the loss of some household names among them. It is not going to make the Vikings' offense worse, and the defense will most certainly be improved with Flores replacing Donichel. While some may question the Vikings' decision to part ways with these players, it is clear for the rest of the veterans and some fans, it was time to move on. After all that, I'm going to take a break and get some more coffee. I'll see you on the other side. And I'm back. Our next piece comes from Savion Mixon at Vikings Wire. Minnesota projected to have an average roster in 2023. This is the first of a couple of these stories. Pro Football Focus recently released their 2023 roster rankings with the Minnesota Vikings projected to have an average roster, ranked 16th overall. While the ranking may not seem impressive, it is worth noting that they are the second-best team in the NFC North. That's where they project them, right behind only the Detroit Lions, who are ranked 13th. Furthermore, other notable teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars and Cleveland Browns are ranked just in front of the Vikings. Despite being projected to regress from their anomaly of the 2022 season, the Vikings still have a strong passing game that is considered their greatest strength. Rookie Jordan Addison joined star receiver Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne, giving the Vikings options in all areas of the field, even though Adam Thielen is gone. The addition of Addison makes this passing attack just as, if not more, dangerous. I'd add T.J. Hawkinson into that mix as well, PFF. However, the defensive secondary is still seen as a glaring weakness for the Vikings, despite offseason additions like McKay Blackman and Byron Murphy Jr., the back end of the defense remains a question mark. While it is challenging to win double-digit games in the NFL in back-to-back seasons, the Vikings still have a chance to achieve this feat with Jefferson catching the ball and an opportunistic defense under Brian Flores. Another double-digit win season should not be out of the realm of possibility. The Vikings overall are looking to build a more competitive and successful team, and that requires some tough personnel decisions. They've made those, are making those, and... I, as one, and I think all of you fans agree, double digits is well within the possibility. And I will not put the Detroit Lions as favored for the division winners until I see the Detroit Lions stop Detroit Lioning, if that makes sense. The next in this series of stories is where ESPN's Seth Walder ranks the Minnesota Vikings as the 13th best roster core in the NFL. Again, Savion Mixon was hard working at it this weekend, and we appreciate it. According to ESPN's Seth Walder, the Minnesota Vikings have the 13th best roster core in the NFL. Walder's rankings are based on the team's top five players, which he calls the playmakers or cornerstones of the organization. The Vikings' five top players are Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Daniil Hunter, Christian Derisaw, and TJ Hawkinson. 
The ranking is largely due to Jefferson's emergence as the center of the offense. Last season, he led the league in both receptions and receiving yards, making him a an elite wide receiver. The best in the league there, Seth. It is worth noting that the four of the Vikings' top five players are on the offensive side of the ball. This is significant because the offense is currently doing the heavy lifting, keeping the team competitive as it rebuilds throughout the roster. As Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the Vikings' general manager, continues to build the team, it will be interesting to see how he allocates resources to the defense in the next few years. Adolfo Mensa has already spent premium capital on building the secondary with two of his last three top 50 picks for the last two drafts. And hopefully Booth and Scene take that next step this year. Overall, the Vikings ranking is a positive sign for the team as it looks to build for a more competitive and successful roster. While there are arguments that other players represent to represent Minnesota, the team's top five players are undoubtedly talented and have the potential to lead the team to further success in the future. And we all love to hear that. The final story of the day, though it didn't happen over the weekend, I just spotted it. It happened last week. Kevin Seifert of ESPN writes about the Vikings' love for rookie quarterback Jaron Hall for all things he doesn't do. The Minnesota Vikings' decision to draft quarterback Jaron Hall in the fifth round of the NFL draft was based on more than just his on-field abilities. The team valued his attitude scores, character, and values, which they believe will make him an outstanding young man who could lead any team or organization. Despite his physical flaws and age, Hall's humility and accountability make him an exceptional addition to the team. During the draft process, the Vikings set up a play to test his character, where they knew his teammate ran the wrong route and were impressed with his response. Quote, I got to make that right. Hall's willingness not to throw his teammate under the bus and take responsibility for the play showed the Vikings that he values teamwork and accountability, all buzzwords we heard a lot of last year. In addition to his response on the wrong route film clip, the Vikings found Hall to be a, quote, genuine and authentic about the limits of his on-field responsibilities in college. Rather than exaggerating his experience making extensive pre-snap reads and audibles, he told the truth showing his honesty and integrity. Hall's personality stood out to the Vikings general manager, Quasi Adolfo Menza, who scouted him in person and watched his post-game news conferences and other pub- public interactions. Adolfo Menza in- concluded that Hall is an, quote, outstanding young man. He would want to lead any team or any organization he was a part of. Although Hall is not projected as a starter, he is progressing through multiple levels of transition, including micro-adjustments such as connecting the direction of his feet to his reads he's making in the pocket. 
with Kirk Cousins and Nick Mullins getting most of the team snap. Hall's primary work has to come during post-practice sessions to run back the play script with all other young players who receive these limited reps. Overall, the Vikings' decision to draft Jaron Hall in the fifth round was not solely based on his physical abilities, but also his character, values, and attitude scores. The team values his humility, accountability, and willingness not to throw teammates under the bus, which they believe are important qualities for any successful team or organization. And I, for one, couldn't agree more. We hope Jaron Hall develops into a very competent quarterback. Well, folks, that's it for today's Vikings Daily Opener. Sorry it was a bit long, but there was a lot of news or a lot of talking points from the weekend. Tonight, we can look forward to Tyler Fornis and the Real Forno Show at 6 p.m. Central Live, where I'm sure he'll be discussing some cool Vikings stuff. Until then, enjoy your Monday, June 12th, 2023. And what do we say? Skull Vikings! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.